1: I'm Tom Mueller, and this is Colorado Issues. Governor John Hickenlooper will join me in just a moment to talk about a department in his office put into place following the fires and floods that took place early in his first term. It's what is known as the Resiliency and Recovery Office, which won for the state of Colorado the Gold 2017 National Planning Achievement Award for Environmental Planning from the American Planning Association. The award recognizes the Colorado strategy for proactively helping communities address shocks and stresses and rebound after natural and human-caused disasters. The 2013 floods affected 24 counties and had a $3.9 billion impact and wildfires destroyed nearly 1,250 homes. The state needed a framework to deal with future disasters, whatever they might be, so the Resiliency and Recovery Office was formed to learn from the past and to project plans for the future not just to restore things the way they were, but to put into place things better than they were before the disaster. The office worked with federal, state, and local agencies, as well as private organizations and consultants, to create the framework that guides future efforts to reduce vulnerability before and after a future disaster of any kind. The framework has five goals. Reduce risk, enhance planning, improve policymaking, create a more responsible culture, and incorporate resiliency into investments. Resilient Rebounding from Disasters covers six sectors, community, economic, health and social, housing, infrastructure, and natural resources, and is all spelled out in an online resource center, coresiliency.com which provides training and tools for other states and government entities to deal with their own future disasters, as well as Colorado individuals and government entities. The executive director of the Colorado Resiliency and Recovery Office, Molly Urbina, was in New York on May 8th to accept the award on behalf of the governor and the people of Colorado from the American Planning Association. Shortly after Colorado was made aware of the award, she said, On behalf of the 27 agencies, organizations, and many Coloradans who contributed invaluable input to the framework, we would like to thank the APA for this recognition. I spoke to the foreman of the award jury of the American Planning Association, Shedrick Coleman, and was able to tell some insights to the governor As to what motivated the APA to make the award to Colorado. I spoke to the governor at the Capitol. I'm Tom Mueller and this is Colorado Issues and one of the big issues in Colorado that can be a recurring issue are disasters such as fires and floods and the American Planning Association has awarded the state of Colorado the Environmental Planning Achievement Award for the work of the Resiliency and Recovery Office and I'm excited to find out about what that office is all about. And I can't think of anybody better to talk to about it than the governor of the state of Colorado, John Hickenlooper. Thanks so much, Governor Hickenlooper, for uh, coming and talking to us about Tom, this.
0: Tom, it's completely my pleasure, and I appreciate you
1: taking the uh, allowing some time on your show to talk about this just because it is so important. We want to talk about the office, but I want to just touch base on the back. Drop of the award, first of all. I did interview the foreman of the jury that awarded the award to you on this. Oh, no kidding. I did. And uh, we talked just last week. And the backdrop, of course, was the floods and the fires in recent years. And they were very, very impressed with the interaction between various agencies and neighborhood groups and things like that that took place during the floods and the fires, and uh, obviously being a planning association, plans for the future based on things you learn from the past, they're very impressed with the Resiliency and Recovery Office. Give us kind of an overview of the Resiliency and Recovery Office as it relates to its formation and the floods and the sure.
0: Well, it's it probably better to give a little context. The summer of 2011 and then again the summer of 2012, we had terrible wildfires. Remember that we had a drought, especially 2012, just ferocious wildfires. The Waldo Canyon fire, that was in 2011. In 2012, we had the uh, Black Forest fire. Anyway, all those fires, they were of such magnitude that we got in the habit, and this is the, a pretty – thin silver lining, but it's a silver lining, we got in the habit of bringing all our first responders together and having them coordinate their efforts. So we had FEMA from the federal government. We had our local county and municipal responses. We had the state Office of Public Safety and Disaster Management. So everyone had a call list of who to call. Everyone knew who to work together. So then in the fall of 2013, when we had those major flood events over the course of about five days, literally the worst floods in the history of the state, we already knew who to work with and we kind of built up a network, and that allowed us to respond more rapidly. And I think the, all the FEMA people said this. They'd never seen a state where the response was so integrated, right? The local municipal governments and the county administrations and the state government were all hand in glove working together. And we thought when people have gone through a disaster like that and lost so much, you can't come back and say, well, we're going to build it back the way it was. Mm-hmm you got to give them something they're going to get out of all the misery and, and loss that they've experienced. So our goal was to say, all right, we're going to build it back better than it was, But not, and not just the roads. We're going to build back our capacity as government, right, state government, local government, federal government. We're going to be even stronger in any future disaster. And we've been starting to do that after the fires, and so we kind of had a running start. So when we set up the, the Colorado recovery, Resiliency and Recovery Office, that was our goal. That was kind of the vision that we wanted to have—an office really dedicated to planning out how do we put it in paper? How, how do we have some tabletop exercises to practice and make sure that everyone knows who to call? Everyone knows how to which person do you call at the Red Cross for this kind of a, of an event? Make sure we're prepared. We hired Molly Urbina, who's been the head of it since the very beginning, and has done a remarkable job of hurting a lot of cats. You can imagine <laughs> there are a lot of. A lot of – when you get down to all those different levels of government, there's some people that are worried about their turf and, try, and elbowing other people away. But I think that in the end – and again, this award from the American Planning Association,
1: a, a genuine reflection that, that they got it right. I just now became aware of the Resiliency and Recovery Office and uh, then looked at the website and learned about it. I learned about it from the American Planning Association. And one of the questions that I had as I looked at that is, did the office predate the events that you described? It did not. It came about as a result of the events that you just described. Absolutely. It, it was a uh, – I mean, we needed
0: a way to orchestrate and really kind of distribute the the federal resources. So once we finish recovering from all these floods and fires that we had in that two-year period – We will spend over $1.5 billion of federal money. And as you can imagine, and this is the way it should be, the federal government has a lot of red tape. You know, you got to fill out every form exactly right or you don't qualify for reimbursement. It's all reimbursed. So we had to really focus very aggressively on making sure we got everything right. And that required a very small office. Uh, But once we put that together, we said, well, you know, it's got to be more than just coming back to where we were. This office has got to be the vehicle by which we prepare, you know, how do we organize these 27 different organizations, agencies of the state government, nonprofits, you know, all these different entities, make sure that they are in, in some sort of a, I don't know how you describe it, but in a framework, right? Yeah. And, and so that they know who to call and they, and they get in the habit of working with each other so that no matter what comes down the, the pike, we're ready.
1: And that's just on the state level. And that's just on the state level. And you're also working with the federal level and citizens groups and neighborhoods and various other right
0: uh, it goes right down to to neighborhood groups and and you know what's really about just like almost all good things whether you're talking about a business or a great nonprofit or a great radio station it's about relationships mm-hmm. and and the more effectively people work together the better outcomes we have it's just it's as plain as the nose on our face.
1: The other thing that uh, I think I touched on it that really impressed the award jury of the American Planning Association is how you have planned out the future with this office. But obviously, you can't plan a future without assessing the past and what took place in the past. Right. What key things uh, came out of the past that got incorporated in your future?
0: Sure. And I I think that the the resiliency, you know, really is that uh, ability to rebound from the unanticipated, right? To positively adapt to and actually even succeed in rapidly changing circumstances, whether you're talking about whether the, the climate is changing, as some people say, or whether you have a natural disaster that comes along. In those moments of sudden, dramatic change, how fast can you bounce back? And even as it's happening, can you Thrive in, in in those kinds of circumstances. I mean, that's really what what it was all about. the The goal is to make sure that we're looking at. Well, we worked within six sectors, right? There's got to be the community development and 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 well being, economic development, more focus on the economy, health and social consequences of a disaster, right? So everything from the from the hospital to the Red Cross to shelters, all that stuff, housing. And then infrastructure, you know, basic water, sanitation, that kind of stuff. And then watersheds and natural resources. Mm. So those six sectors are really what the focus is. And then, you know, like housing. You come back after a disaster or what we call a resiliency event, something where you need resiliency, and you look at, all right, what was it before? As we rebuild what we've lost, is there a way we could do it better and be more thoughtful in our planning? We did a... I'm trying to think, Falcon, Falcon Ridge Housing uh, was a project in Estes Park. Mm. And they really didn't have enough affordable housing for all their, the workers that worked in the tourism or retail businesses there. But as they rebuilt after that flood of 2013, they made sure that, that – I mean, that is one of the projects where they're going to have much more housing than they had before. So we come back stronger than the way we began that, that event.
1: Now to the term resiliency. I, that just pops out. At me I, it, sometimes it doesn't roll off the tongue so easy, resiliency and recovery office, but boy, it's descriptive. What made you choose the word resiliency in the title? I think it's brilliant
0: Well, because I think the word is very unique and singular, right? I mean mm-hmm. resiliency really is specifically how you adapt to rapidly changing circumstances, how you adapt to a disaster or it it, it kind of defines your more than just your durability, but your ability to not just survive, but to thrive, to do better. And there really there's no other word that quite says it. So that's why and I thought Colorado resiliency and recovery office, it's crow, right? C R R O. Uh not like a crow that flies, but it's crow nonetheless.
1: Crow. Okay. C R R O. Okay. Uh, and the the aspect of resiliency that It's not a one-size-fits-all. I mean, you, you, like you said, with any kind of disaster, things happen so fast. They have so many different looks to them that may or may not compare to the past. Right. And yet resiliency demands that you be ready for them. Exactly.
0: Right. I didn't get that part. I should have. You can't build resiliency without studying the past. So when we looked at a lot of the canyons, like Boulder Canyon or – the Poudre Canyon, a lot of these canyons were large parts of the roadbed, not just the asphalt, but the whole substructure of the road was washed away. And before, we had built them halfway up the side of the, of the valley, right, because we thought they'd be safer there. Well, they are safer for the smaller floods. But when you get a big flood, A, it takes, uh, it's a lot more expensive to rebuild them, and B, you, you're closed down to tourism, you know, for much longer periods of time. So, we're looking at things like, alright, maybe we don't make it the most strongest possible. Maybe we assume it is going to have a flood every 15 years or every 20 years, but that we can repair it in a month, right? So we build it much closer down to the bottom of the, of the canyon, put it on bedrock so that if it gets washed away, we just lay down new asphalt. That's what resiliency is about, is trying to figure out ways that you can come back no matter what happens, you can come back
1: stronger and better quicker. You have a website, coresiliency.com, co for Colorado, co R e s i l e n c y. Assuming you spell resiliency,
0: (laughs) it's phonetic. Resiliency. Like Hickenlooper, it's for it's phonetic. Yeah.
1: Yeah. So that's why you chose the word resiliency, because it kind of goes with Hickenlooper. (laughs)
0: Well, Lord knows uh, if you can get through childhood with a name like Hickenlooper, you're pretty resilient.
1: (laughs) Now I also looked at the website. Who is that design? for their website.
0: You know, it's interesting when you design a red, uh, website, starts out being really for, in your mind's eye, your audience is the people who are going to use it the most, which are other people that are involved in recoveries from uh, natural disasters or drought, anything. But as you put more and more time into it, I think you can't help but wanting to make it accessible to the public as well. In other words, we really want people who normally wouldn't think about floods or wildfires or droughts, we want them to know that if it does come up in conversation and they are thinking about it, there's a place that they can, you know, have some confidence that we're, we are prepared in the event of an emergency. And that's that website.
1: Mm-hmm. Resiliency. Uh, I keep going back to what the American Planning Association said to me as to why they were so impressed with this. They were impressed with the future look of the resiliency and recovery office. An element of that might be disaster preparedness, but this takes it beyond this into the future. Yeah, it is a – and you can get to – I think it's the same website as
0: coloradounited.com. That might be easier than for people that have like myself who I'm dyslexic, so I'm a terrible speller. Mm. That's why I try to sound everything out. And uh, even then I have real trouble. The website's also at ColoradoUnited.com. Uh. We wanted that sense of that we were united mm-hmm. and that if we all work together and set up this framework within these six sectors that we
1: would be prepared. And we want the public to be able to have faith and confidence. And I'm glad you, you brought that up because again, that was one of the features of the Planning Association Award was how united an effort took place. What a unified effort across, you mentioned possibility of turf wars. I'm sure that you're more aware of turf wars uh, than just the common, ordinary, everyday person or just people with different interests and so forth. They were very, very impressed with the united aspect of what did take place, and I'm assuming what you're working out to take place through the office. Absolutely. And I, again, Molly Urbina deserves a lot of credit for this, just to
0: keep everyone focused. And that goal is to make sure that the Coloradans, no matter what befalls them, they shouldn't feel that they have to face a disaster by themselves, that we are united as a state and that we are committed to making sure that if some disaster some unforeseen circumstances befalls one of our neighbors, we're going to support them and we're going to do everything we can to help them. And it's amazing once you get people together with that that those initial acquaintances become relationships and those relationships develop trust to the point that they become friendships. That's where the good stuff happens. And once you have that kind of fabric, that, that framework or fabric, people are more optimistic and more confident that they can deal with the worst that life can deliver and therefore they do better.
1: That trust in itself helps create resiliency in people. I didn't go through them, those things, but having been there at the time those things took place that's exactly what what happened people really engaged in the effort were really concerned even people outside of the flood zone or outside of the fire zone there was a lot of just exactly what you just said we made the commitment
0: in the beginning and it was kind of build that confidence and help set the foundation for a resilient response but i sat down with the cdot the department of transportation folks and asked them how fast it would, they could get, even just for temporary repairs to the. I can't remember. It was 26 bridges that were down, and many, many. I it's 60 or 70 miles of road that was washed away. How fast can we get everyone connected with their houses? And this was, you know, this happened in the uh, September 13th, I guess, 14th, 11th, 12th, 13th, 14th, in there. So they looked at me and they said, "Well, probably January, middle of January." I said, "Well, it's going to start snowing after Thanksgiving, and if we don't have those roads open, it's going to be." very difficult to get a passport. Let's just tell, how about if I go out and tell people that we're going to get it done by Thanksgiving or December 1st, I said. And they all kind of looked at me and said, we prefer you not to say that. <laughs> and I said, listen, if you can't do it, I'll understand why you'll explain it to me and I'll take the fall. But I think the community has to believe in themselves and we have to give them that inspiration that we're going to get this done. You know, those folks, There is there was one woman in the Department of Transportation who worked more than 80 hours a week right? For seven weeks straight, right? Week after week. If you've never, like when I opened restaurants, I used to work 75 and 80 hours a week for the first few weeks before it opened and then after it opened. And it's just, you you almost can't even think. You're so tired and you're almost bleary. She did this over 80 hours a week. She had four of those weeks. She worked over 90 hours, which that is, I mean, that's every day waking up in the morning, going to work. You know, it's, it's I mean, think about it. its yeah. it's, it's more than 12 hours, seven days a week, but she did it And they've opened those roads five days earlier than than what we promised. And again – they were proud and so fired up. I had several of the people that had been with CDOT for more than 20 years said it was the greatest experience they'd ever had in their professional lives just because we asked them to, to really sacrifice. And the public, when we opened 34, the roads up some of those canyons, I mean, we were besieged with love, and, and they brought us brownies and cakes. <laughs> and I mean, people couldn't believe we got because they'd seen. It was completely washed away. It seemed impossible. And yet we did it, and in doing it, it made everyone believe that, all right, well, I'm going to get my house fixed, and I'm going to get this site cleared, and I'm going to rebuild better, and I'm going to put a better foundation. I'm going to actually put a little wall between me and the the river so if the next flood, I'm not going to go so easily – I'm not going to have so much damage so easily. It it just made the whole – I mean, resilience is a funny thing because it is so powerfully connected to people's confidence Mm -hmm. and creativity. And cre- Well, creativity comes from that confidence, too, though. You're mm-hmm. exactly right. And you can't really be resilient without some creativity.
1: So it's not just recovery. It's resiliently making it better. Exactly. Yeah. Absolutely. From a practical, everyday working uh, level, we have the website that can instruct people what to do, the how-tos of anything up in the future. In terms of the Day-to-day work of the office, Molly, yeah. and, and the, the Resiliency and Recovery Office. Let's say a disaster happens a month from now. What takes place out of that office? And let's hope
0: one doesn't happen. Yeah. It's a weird thing. I went My first four years, I got elected to be governor of Colorado in November 2010 and took office in January of 2011. And those first four years, right from the beginning, that first spring, it just didn't rain. And so we went into a ferocious drought in two thousand and eleven, but then two thousand and twelve much worse drought, terrible wildfires. We had some wildfires in, in, in two thousand and eleven as well, but nothing like two thousand and twelve and we had the shooting in Aurora in the movie theater. Uh, we had again a lot of kids coming back from Iraq and Afghanistan who'd lost their lives, Colorado kids. but I went to sixty two funerals in those first four years, and I mean just the the, the floods the the shooting the the wildfires. All that stuff, I don't ever want to see another natural disaster close at home. Mm-hmm. And I really, so, so I have to say <laughs> yeah. that. Yes. But I think if we do have a natural disaster, we are more prepared now, probably than any state in America. And I think we're ready to respond, given whatever the circumstances are, we'll do the best that can be done. In other words, so what will happen with the resiliency office is they have a whole battle plan. Uh, and, and scenario planning for almost any circumstance that could arise. So it could be a flood. It could be a landslide, whole roads washed away, whatever. They know exactly who to call in every part of the state. What are those people that need to know on an immediate timeline? And then we've also got certain core values, right, that this notion that we're going to build better than we had before, that no matter what happens, we're, all gonna, we're always going to end up in a better place. The elements of the of the resiliency that give people confidence and optimism. So – that office, which is small but mighty, it's really just a few people in there, but they are connected to the first responders in cities and towns in counties. They are connected to the nonprofits, and it's not just like the the Red Cross or the Salvation Army, but it's, it's also connected to local hospitals, healthcare professionals. Because it's hard to predict exactly what kind of a catastrophe might befall us, so you need to have those networks in place where. Whoever we need for that specific event, we can get to in real time. Again, in disasters, time is critical. Just the difference of a five or ten minutes makes all the world. In the shooting in Aurora, right? Classically, that's not a natural disaster. That's just a, a human disaster. Mm-hmm. But we had enough training. So that police officers from different municipalities, most of them were Aurora police officers, were acting as ambulances. So many people were shot. Seventy people were shot. So they just didn't have enough ambulances. So police officers were doing it themselves because they've been trained in an emergency, here's what you got to do. We learned a lot of lessons from that. But we had five different operating rooms in five different hospitals, actually six operating rooms in five different hospitals that were up and operating within, I think it was an hour and ten minutes. I mean, that's amazing. But we got to get better. Five minutes, ten minutes in those situations is the difference between life and death.
1: So that office, the Resiliency and Recovery Office, is really the point man, so to speak. Exactly, when something happens, it is. It's it's the place that's going to be kind of the fulcrum, and, and and maybe
0: you'd say the center point, the hub on the with the spokes of the wheel that makes sure that everybody
1: knows what the most critical information as rapidly as as you can possibly get it to them. And then through the website, it's instructive to other people, other states, other municipalities, other jurisdictions to uh, emulate what worked and what is working for us.
0: Absolutely. And I think we're happy to share. You know, governors, I get along great with Republican governors, Democrat governors. I mean, we all share, steal each other's ideas, try to improve them. Then if someone stole our idea, they improve it. Then we Mm -hmm. steal it back and improve what they improved. Mm -hmm. I mean, it's a continuously improving circumstance. And I think we saw that with Hurricane Sandy, some of these big flood events they had on the East Coast. They're doing resiliency too. I don't think they're
1: quite as good as we are. But once they steal our plan, they'll get good, and then yeah. we'll have to steal theirs to get better. Get better. Absolutely. That's a that's a good way of looking at it. Again, that's another thing that the American Planning Association says is so good about the Resiliency and Recovery Office is the availability to uh, teach other people how to plan and be effective in it. That's a big part of it. Yeah. It's, you know, this is a big tent. I understand that... This was a first from a state standpoint.
0: Yep, first time ever. Uh huh. We're proud. We're proud to be the first state that actually put together a roadmap yeah. for resiliency.
1: Well, congratulations, Governor, on the award. Yeah, thank you very much. And uh, congratulations to Molly and the staff of the Resiliency and Recovery Office. The American Planning Association awarded the State of Colorado the Environmental Planning Achievement Award for the work of its Resiliency and Recovery Office. Thanks for being with me. Thank you so much. I'm Tom Mueller and this has been Colorado Issues.